Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. Are these your notes? These these your notes about what we're going to say? What does it say? It would be a good. (laughs) I didn't even get to idea. Maybe I can just ask you the question. (laughs) It's going well. It's going really well. (laughs) Hi, and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. I'm Emma Louise. And I'm Jamie, and today we're super excited to be here with Naomi Gibson, who's about to publish her debut novel, Every Line of You, in August this year. Welcome, Naomi. Thank you for joining us. We've read the blurb. Hello. (laughs) And um, we, we were thinking, can you give the listeners a little taster of your story? Yeah, so um, let me just... Yep. <laughs> Sorry. You mean you don't know it by heart? Oh, actually, <laughs> you haven't learnt it. <laughs> I've read it so many times, though, honestly, you'd think I would. Um, <laughs> Lydia has been creating her AI Henry for years, since before her little brother died in the accident that haunts her nightmares, since before her dad walked out, leaving her and mum painfully alone, since before her best friend turned into her worst enemy. Now Henry is strong, clever, loving, and scarily capable. Lydia's built herself the perfect boyfriend in a hard drive filled with lines of code. But what is Henry really and how far is he willing to go to be everything Lydia desires? So exciting. Yeah, literally. (laughs) So much tension in just that small little segment. I know. Yeah, they've done quite well. I didn't actually write the blurb. That was my um, wonderful editor. So hats off to her for that one. (laughs) Oh, amazing. It sounds so good. So I guess... Could you tell us a little bit more about how you came to write the story and and whether Mm -hmm. it's your first book you've wrote? Yeah, so um, it wasn't the very first book I wrote. It was actually the second book I wrote. Um, Mm. But I wrote it first about four years ago. Um, And as you can imagine, I've rewritten it about six or seven times since in the the time that's gone on. probably no big news to you um but yeah when I first wrote it um I was going to writing classes in like a local college near me and um we were were all given like um you know how they do like character exercises and like writing exercises to try and get you um you know warmed up for writing basically um yeah yeah well we were all given like these little uh bags of items in them and we had to come up with um a character based on those items so uh, I got like the weirdest things in my in my uh, bag I got like a little screwdriver and you know like the little things that come out of Christmas crackers that kind of thing uh, yeah. and yeah. You've, got to, you've got to make a character out of them um so uh, that was how I came up with Lydia to begin with um and it's it's kind of odd to think that if I hadn't gone to that class and if I hadn't picked that one bag Lydia never would have existed. Do you know what I mean? It's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, that's so cool. It's kind of horrible at the same way as it being amazing. But yeah. <laughs> I think um, writing's a lot like that though, isn't it? It's such based on um, your environment and everything around you at the time. Um, that's so it's true. really yeah, good just, timing. 
yeah and you just kind of stumble into these things don't you it's it's um interesting so anyway yeah so um I did this sort of little exercise of this character called Lydia and I really really liked her and so I went home and wrote some more and then um I couldn't stop writing and I was working part-time at the time I was really lucky to be working three days a week um and I think at the point when I started writing it was like a Wednesday evening or something so I had like four days stretched out before me um so I pretty much wrote the first draft very first draft in two weeks um wow. which is unheard of, the whole of. Book. yeah the whole book that's I, amazing I, wow. I, it, that it really amazing. it really did put it, I know it's not happened since let me tell you <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah I, it really possessed me as like an idea and I remember I went to bed and um my husband fell asleep and I just sort of waited till he was a bit in, deep asleep and then I got up and I was writing till like two or three in the morning just because I was like yeah. so possessed by this idea um so the fact that this book has gone the distance you know to get a publisher and age it's the book that got me my agent and it's the book that got me my publisher and um yeah mm-hmm. I just if I hadn't picked up that one bag at that time that, <laughs> that one, one class it was like of Christmas cracker yes junk. exactly Christmas <laughs> cracker junk. so yeah it's um I really did stumble onto the idea, to be honest. Um, it wasn't something that I cooked up, unfortunately. <laughs> it's great, but, though. But you obviously have the, the, you know, the the imagination and the talent to have to have honed that idea into a great story. Oh, thanks, James. Yeah, I'd like to think of that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> there you go. So you, this is the book that got you your agent. Not the first mm-hmm. book you've written, though. No. Um, how how many had you submitted before to agents? Um, no, I hadn't submitted before to agents, but I I did submit my very first book to a beta reading um, service, and um, okay. they were very kind to me. Um, but it was yeah, it was not. Good. It was not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I did actually then submit this book, Every Line of You, to them as well because I they you know they gave me like a proper editorial report and they were really kind to me and um okay. so I, I had a good experience from them so I, I submitted every line of you to them as well and they came back and basically said that they liked it so much they wanted to scout it um oh, which wow. was Brilliant. really exciting um so they, but they basically said you know you need to go away and do some edits here and I was like oh yeah that's fine and um you know in my true style I went away and did those edits in about two weeks <laughs> because I was like <laughs> I'm so gonna get this two weeks with you. yeah I know it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's gonna be scouted out it's gonna, it's gonna get me my agent blah 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 you know I was like literally this is like really at the start of when I was starting to try and take writing seriously and I just didn't really understand how hard this industry is and I was just I think because I came to it from a place of ignorance I just had no idea actually what I was um taking upon myself so um I was like well they will scout it and I will get to my agent you know this is what happens um and it's just not the case is it and ultimately the agent did reject it and fair play to her she was right (laughs) to reject it because it still (laughs) wasn't ready um okay but I after that though they said um, the beta reading service are like, you know, you have something really original here. You should really take this to other agents. So that was quite encouraging. Um, mm, and yeah. I went into my querying properly, like called querying um, off that off the back of that quite positive experience. Um, but querying for me was, um, I, I think I quickly came to terms with actually how much rejection um, is, is a part of this industry, you know, and how much... Yeah, um, yeah people say no to you and how how actually that's more the case that people will say no rather than they'll say yes um but I really at the time you know I really was convinced that um because I had this great report and 
I had this one rejection. I was like a real writer now, you know, and I was going to sit down with uh, JK and we'd laugh over that one rejection (laughs) over cocktails. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I just was not, um, I don't know what I was thinking. I look back and I just cringe because I'm like, come on, you had no clue. Um, But because I had no clue, I kept doing it, you know. So That's great. That's what I was going to ask. I think when you hit that sort of barrier of these constant rejections, I think, was there a point where you thought, oh, maybe this is not for me? Or were you just kind of pushed through, do you think, after all of the rejections? Um, it's an interesting question. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it was just something I really, really wanted. Um, yeah. And the more I wrote, the more I realized that that is actually what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to walk into Waterstones and see my book on a shelf, you know. And yeah, I think that aspiration, I suppose, kept me going. And I knew that the book I had written beforehand wasn't good enough. I knew that then. I came to terms with the fact that that was not a good book. But this one, Every Line of You, that had potential. And I couldn't see anything else like it. Um, so yeah. I think I knew that I had something fairly interesting. Um, and so I kept going and I kept going. And um, Well, how I, long were you querying for? I was probably querying um, about nine months, I think. It's a long time. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting because I, I signed with um, Joanna Malt at Skylark Literary. And she was actually one of the um, first agents that I approached. Um, but I gave sort of, I had a spreadsheet going and I put like a, a red a red uh, thing over her because I thought um, she had rejected me because I hadn't heard back. But, um, right. you know, agents are very busy, aren't they? So it's quite normal to hear back from them after. Um, they say like you a can... long time after. Yeah, exactly. So she didn't <laughs> yeah, get back yeah. to me <laughs> for like six I've months. I've been there. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know. Exactly. I can't believe it. <laughs> um so yeah so Joe didn't actually get back to me until about six months later and I think by that time I'd probably knocked up around 30 rejections or so I think mm. and then An impressive yeah. total. it is yeah and she basically said to me um you know in a nutshell your your book's good but the ending isn't right and I was like oh, great and at the time I wasn't ready to make the changes that she wanted um because I was quite emotionally she, attached she to that book prescribed changes she said this is how I think it would work yeah she didn't ask that yeah yeah so I think she was really good actually because she didn't say you need to do this she just said as a reader I was expecting xyz to happen and when it didn't it was really surprising and I was like oh yeah okay and then and I was like well I can see what you want but I still like the ending I have and because I was quite um emotionally into uh, invested in my book I didn't want to make those changes um so she basically said if you ever do then resubmit it to me so it was kind of like a revise and resubmit really um and so I was like okay yeah that's fine um you know obviously thanked her for her time and everything um and then Mm -hmm. I decided because I'd knocked up so much so many more rejections and she was probably the only agent who ever really got back to me with proper feedback you know it's quite unusual to actually have that happen most of them just either don't reply at all or you get like sort of a form response yeah you get a, yeah. a sort of polite uh thanks, thanks but no thanks, thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah basically 
Oh, I, do you know, I got one that um, it was, I can't remember actually who it was for, but I remember researching her a lot and being really excited to submit to her. And I spent, you know, you spend time, don't you? You stalk these people on social media and you try, try and <laughs> yes. work out what they want. And yeah, then, and you're like, completely. You go, you do, and you go into these with your career letters. You're like, well, I can sue like this, this, and this, and my book has these, all these things. And um, so I really put time into this agent, and she she replied back to me like, dear author, thank you. And I was like, oh, like you didn't even put dear Naomi, dear like do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was just gutting, isn't it? Um, yeah, just to I know. like be reduced to oh, right, whatever. Um, it seems like a minefield, doesn't it, with different agents? Um, mm. We've chatted to some other guests as well who've, you know, said a very similar thing to you. With each agent, it seems to be like a different story for each one. So you kind of mm. have to do a little bit of research or know how to um, apply to these people or yeah, how to exactly. speak to, like what language to use to each one or how do they like the story to be structured. Or And I think it's all sort of relative to their opinion at the end of the day and like you said before you have to have um and well you had an emotional connection with your own story and therefore sometimes it's really hard when you get into that editing process to like let go or let that other person in yeah um, absolutely yeah 100 yeah. yeah. yeah did you find that like the hardest bit of this process do you think I did um because the edits that she was suggesting were to this character that I really really loved and I was not ready to make those changes at all. And yeah. um, so I took a feedback, you know, I went away and thought about it. And I decided to submit it to my book to Cornerstones. Um, so they're like um, another sort of editing and beta reading service. And I thought I'll give them a go. And okay. they basically wrote me a really good editorial letter saying exactly the same things. <laughs> oh, um, really? Yeah, it was right. quite funny, actually. Um, oh, but wow. they did they also said, you know, make these edits and we want to scout it out as well. Mm. Um, and I was like, right, okay. So I've had two industry professionals now tell me to make these changes. Um, if that's obviously what's the best thing for this book. Um, and I needed to like sort of let that um, emotional connection go. I was like, I can either have this book the way I want it or I can edit it and possibly get it in a bookshop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I went away and made the changes and Cornerstones are really keen. They wanted to scout it out. Um, but I was like, I'll just go and show Joe because she was the only, like I said before, she was the only agent who really gave me the time of day. Um, yeah. So I, she was obviously like, one. it does. Yeah. So she was like top of my list. Um, so I sent it to Joe, and she basically rang me pretty much the next day um, and was like, don't submit it to Cornerstones. I'll take it. <laughs> but you she had did... agents fighting over you. That's so it, nice. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. But she did say, though, before she offered representation, and I always remember what she said to me. She was like, okay, I can see you've worked hard. How do you feel about working even harder? Um, oh, and I was like... A challenge. Yeah. And I think by that point, so this is this is now um, pretty much the end game for me of, in, in the career trenches. I had racked up 50 rejections. Um, oh, wow. And I was no longer convinced that me and JK were going to be laughing into cocktails, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this whole process had been so humbling. And I was like, okay, right, I'll make these, uh, I, you know, I just want to get on a shelf, like, you know, if I could just get an agent, even it wasn't even about the shelf anymore. It was just like, I just need, need an agent in my corner. Yeah, um, yeah. So I said, yes, you know, I worked hard, I'll work even harder. I just want to get on a shelf. And she said, 
based on that, I would like to offer you representation. So that's oh, yeah, that's, that's so nice. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. But it was so funny lovely. though, she wasn't kidding about working harder. You know, I, she basically said to me, my book at that time was 80,000 words. And she said, you need to cut out 20,000 words. So we could get it down to 60. So like a quarter of my book got cut out. Oh, wow. Um, but I bet that know, was a she... hard process. That took longer than two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like three, oh. you know. Um, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> you me. Yeah, it was quite liberating in a way because I just went through with a pen and just put, pen, you know, scores through pages. Like, that can come out, that can come out, this is going. Um, so, it, but in, in some ways it was freeing because I knew what I had to do. And mm. um, I think for me, since going through the publishing process as well, um, I enjoy editing, actually, because people are just telling me this is how to make your book good. And I'm like, yes, okay, <laughs> I will go and do just that. Yes. <laughs> literally being told what to do. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yes, That's okay. Great. So, I wish someone would do that to me. To me. <laughs> it's definitely helpful. Yeah. I think the first time, would you say, that you had to edit the end of the story, you then get a sense of what has to happen. So it's like the first mm-hmm. time with anything, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then once I guess you, you, you've surrendered to what you're having to do, um, then it's a bit, was it a bit easier the next time to do that yeah. and make the edits? Um, I think you're probably right there, yeah, because um, I had already got it to a point where, you know, what was supposed to happen happened and the big thing, the big change actually needed to happen and I think the rest of it was all just kind of polishing in some respects. Um, so, yeah, yeah I refining, think you're right. focusing it down. Exactly, yeah, you've done the big change, now you just need to neaten it up a bit. So, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you, you talked a little bit earlier about, obviously, being part of the publishing process um mm-hmm. was there any parts that really surprised you about the publishing process that you weren't wary of before or um that you got a little bit yeah. like oh okay <laughs> um copy editing like do you know that is not my favorite part I, I got told you I would love them or you hate them and um I'm definitely in the hate camp um yeah fair um so this is it's a very talented person he goes through your manuscript and um they say they look at all the details that you put into it and then they make sure that those details carry through so and they make sure your timeline um makes up uh, sort of syncs up throughout the book as well um so at one point you might say oh this character has blue eyes and then later you're like oh they've got brown eyes and the copy editor's like ah nope they have blue eyes said so on page eight (laughs) and you're like it's like professional nitpicking yes absolutely (laughs) Um, but that you know they're so talented and um I I don't I feel bad saying I'm in the hate camp it's just the fact that this person is going through with like you know a fine-tooth comb picking out all these things that are wrong with my timeline and they just pull one thread and the rest of the book just falls to crap because that one thread actually held so many pieces to it um so yeah. It's like they're holding a magnifying glass to you and finding all your imperfections. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I didn't enjoy it, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but you're um, glad it's over. Yeah, yeah when, when it had finished, I was like, oh, actually, it's way more robust now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, at the time, yeah. <laughs> it was hard, yeah. It they were hard, probably yeah. called Karen as well. So it makes you know, <laughs> yeah, a, maybe. a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, was there any, so is that, that's the bit that you found the hardest and probably the most surprising about the publishing part. And what did you find, I guess, the most liberating part about it that you felt really 
sort of helped along and you thought oh wow this is this feels really nice to be part of this process um probably um meeting my editor and um, the head of the publishing house um so um Kessia Lupo is my editor and Barry Cunningham is the head of the publishing house and um it was really nice to meet them and just chat with them and um they gave me all these really good editing ideas and uh, this is when I first met them and they first signed me and you know you go when you edit your book again and uh, to get it into shape and um waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season lifelock can help our u.s-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It was really nice to sit down with them. And they were taking me so seriously, you know, and they were like, oh, and, and Henry could do this. And then Lydia might do that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, these people are like real. These characters <laughs> are like real people to you. Yeah. Um, and it was just so <laughs> nice for these, like, almost strangers to take you seriously, you know, and talk about your book. Like, I don't know, like, it was the best thing in the world. It's, it's actually amazing meeting publishing people because they just stroke your ego. <laughs> uh, oh, that, well, that's great. It's <laughs> always like, great. Yeah, like, everyone in Chicken House, well, I had to go to um, a meeting and there was lots of Chicken House people there. And, like, even the... Um, the, the the wonderful chicken house um admin was was like oh Naomi I've read your book it's amazing and I was like oh I just love meeting people oh. in chicken house you know they're all really they're all really supportive and just telling me how great I am it's just lovely <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's nice after having I guess so much like actual like rejection I guess at the start absolutely with, yeah you know it's not like you've just always been praised it's like you've you've worked at the book and then you've been rejected fifty times and then you've come and then you get to, these people yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and you get these people so, like we like it it's really good <laughs> yeah exactly so I think that's probably my favorite part just feeling like I belonged somewhere do you know what I mean and, yeah. and just feeling like I was part of a team which is is just so yeah just really heartwarming I suppose <laughs> would you explain sort of what process like structurally you needed to follow from getting an agent like obviously you wrote your story you got an agent and then what happened from getting an agent Mm -hmm. to then going in through the publishing process um so from the moment I signed with Jo um one of the reasons I was quite happy that I had signed with her um was because she is very editorial so she was actually Mm -hmm. an editor at Simon and Schuster um and part of the reason why she went into editing was because she loves um editing so much and apparently the higher up you get in the editing chain of a publishing house the less editing you actually do so um she she really enjoys developmental editing which is why she went into editing but um so I was quite happy that I'd signed with someone who, who enjoyed editing um, and so she basically sent me, um, you know, this editorial letter as well, um, saying, I think you need to do this, this and this, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I sat on that advice and dwelled on it, you know, because I'd learnt by then, haha, ha, I'd actually learnt something. Um, not to, <laughs> <laughs> not Amazing, to, a writer not, learning I know, something? It has to happen somewhere along the line, doesn't it? Um, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I sat on her advice, I dwelled on it. And, and then I went into editing um, based on her feedback. And um, she then reread the book and after I had passed it back to her and she agreed that it was in good shape. Um, I think I may have had a couple more slight things to do for her, but not as much as that one big chunk of editing. Yeah. Um, right. And then after she was happy with it, she then sent it out to uh, publishing houses. 
Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, sat and tried not to refresh my inbox for about three months. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. standard refresh, literally. <laughs> it's what everyone does. So um, how much say do you think you got and how involved do you get in the final process in regards to, you know, like what you said, blurb was edited and wrote by your editor and mm-hmm. um, the title page and obviously Mm -hmm. that yeah all of that basically um to be honest I was quite happy that um Kessia wrote my blurb (laughs) because she had said you know you can give this a go if you want and the whole time I was querying I knew that my blurb was the weakest part of my query letter because I'm just so bad at them um I I think think because a lot of people say that it's like writing a synopsis as well it's so hard to condense your yeah and also though it's just like what what do you need to know? Because I know everything and I'm so close to it. I can't pick out the details. Do you know what I mean? I'm terrible. So the fact that Kessia wrote my blurb, I was like, this is great. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. I've done my job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm so bad, isn't it? (laughs) So um, if I had wanted to write my blurb, um, I'm pretty sure she would have been fine with that. And I think she probably would have put her editing hat on and just coerced it the right direction. Um, Yeah. But she she was quite happy to write it and I was more than happy to let her. And then in terms of um, the cover and things like that, I only really got to see my both my covers about um, sort of the back end of last year. Um, okay. And then the US cover. That's, oh, okay. No, sorry, go I've on. seen online that there's two different ones. Yeah, that's it. So the US, uh, so it's, it's out in America um, with Scholastic, which is really exciting. Um, and they so exciting. Are, it is yeah. really good, isn't it? So um, good. Brilliant. And they really like hardbacks over there. So that's coming out in hardback. Um, and the cover for that one, um, they basically sent me a preview of it. And I didn't have a lot of say, but I could give feedback. And um, on the front cover of that one, oh, it sounds really petty. My main character had the wrong colour hair. And I know that sounds so petty. <laughs> but right, I, I let me explain because there is a point. And I feel like that author, you know, he was like, this this character has brown hair. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the point was that um, in this book, this girl um, feels very compared to her brother. He was the golden child. You know, he had blonde hair and blue eyes and she has dark hair and brown eyes and you know her her younger brother is forever immortalized as like this little angel um kid you know and she feels very unwanted and like she will never ever be able to be him and Mm. then this cover came out and she had on the cover that had blonde hair and I was like it just Um. it's like a theme of the book that she doesn't have blonde hair so yeah you can't do that yeah yeah so I was like (laughs) can we change that please um so they did they're really they're really good they changed it um but I didn't really have like a lot of feedback otherwise in terms of the cover um so that was about it really Yeah. And then for the UK one, I actually just loved what they showed me. They sent me like a few different um, mock-ups. It was like five different pages of mock-ups of things to choose from. Um, And I just, I actually just liked the first option that they sent me. I was like, no, this is really good. This looks really cool. And it had Henry on the front cover, whereas the US one's got Lydia. And I quite liked how they were like a pair because they're kind of this duo, you know. Um, oh, that's so lovely. I quite like that. Yeah, nice. yeah, the visuals nice. Um, so thankfully, I liked them both. Really, I didn't really have to say these suck. <laughs> you know, yeah, so. but, but is it sort of just presented to you, and they're like, "These are your options." It was. It was for Chicken House. Yeah, um, Scholastic just sent me what they thought. 
Oh, what they did? They were like, oh, this is it. Yeah, tell, pretty tell much. And if, if I hadn't said her blonde hair is wrong, then they probably would have just, that would have been it. Oh, right. Okay. That's but I think I think it's different for every publishing house though, you know, because I had a couple of friends who um, said they had loads of input and they basically did a sketch to pass on to the art team. Um, oh, wow. Which, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know. I think it just depends who, who you get, who you sign with. Isn't it always this? It's always this. That's what it comes down yeah. to, all these <laughs> questions. It's like, okay, but every person's different at the end of the day. So I feel like yeah. you can't get too stressed and bogged down with the questions of, you know, what do I need to actually um, do? Because everyone's a little bit different, I feel, no anyway. universal answer. No. Yeah, that's true. I have a question about at what point, because I was looking up, the, the book and I looked up the announcement when you when Chicken House went to publish mm-hmm. and uh in their announcement oh, yeah. they said they had signed uh Naomi Gibson's new book I, I Henry. Henry yeah and at what <laughs> uh, who was it that wanted to change the name was it something you wanted or was it something that was kind of pushed uh in your direction um so yes funny question I forgot all about that actually um so the very first time I met um, Barry and Kessia, um, I asked them, what do you think of the title? Um, and Kessia was like, oh, I love it. It's great. Um, and Barry was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like non-commissal noises. And that's fine. You know, I, I, was, I, was, I said to, you know, I said, I'm open to changing it. Um, I just really don't know what to change it to. Um, titles are really hard I think they've never really come yeah. easily to me and I think a lot of people have said that um other writers have, have found titles hard sometimes mm. they really present themselves but for this book it really didn't and um I sort of went with I Henry because it sounded kind of um old school sci-fi with a new spin do you know what I mean yeah it, it's um, very Asimov to me yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so it was it was a while down the road, um, and then the book sold to Scholastic, and they Scholastic said we don't like the title; it's going to have to change. And rude. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they, they weren't rude about it, and I was like, oh, I was, <laughs> I was kind of dreading that this would happen. <laughs> um, um, so I, I was like, okay, I'll go back to the drawing board, and they came up with a few options, and they kind of ummed and about it, and. Um, we we settled on one and then a few months later a book was announced with my title <laughs> so i had to go back to the drawing <gasps> oh. board again what um, i henry oh no, the, no the, with a the, different the new one. title yeah okay. so i changed it to something else and then a book was announced with the new title and i was like oh great oh, okay. and it was literally out like two months before mine was due out so oh. it, it really oh, wasn't wow. gonna work um yeah. and it had like kind of a similar theme um so yeah it wouldn't have been good so yeah. um <laughs> we're not so, going to talk about that one we're not going to talk about that moving on yeah so i i then was like all oh, right i've really got to come up with something good here that like really isn't um anywhere else and i i settled on um, a passage in in the book um because people always say to you like oh it's probably in the book somewhere like one of your wise characters says something really you know full of wisdom to someone else and it's probably in in one of those kind of speeches um so i was like looking at all these like moments that my characters had together and it was the point where um Lydia starts to fear that um Henry is actually really unique and she's built this ai and um 
he is as unique as a person at that point because all of his lines of code, you know, the very the very order of the sequence of those parts of code are all put together in a really unique way. And yeah. he can't ever be recreated. And so she suddenly fears that she's going to lose him. Um, and it was like, I think one of the sentences literally had in it, um, every line of you. And I was like, that's my title. You know, that's that's it. So, that's um, yeah, it's a great title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me and Jamie were chatting about it before and we were like, what a great title. Sounds so yeah. good. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, it's yeah. a really good title. I think it really entices the, the reader to be like, oh, okay, what lines? Who's you? Um, yeah. Like, what's going from on? What, from what, oh, we, no, what we've heard about the novel so far, about this this girl who creates an AI, I like the, it. It works on both, like, between both of them. Like, either one could be saying it to the other exactly. one in my mind mm-hmm. yeah you know, like, whether they're talking about the like lines of their face or the lines of code and things like that i, yeah. I thought it was great that was i thought it was really great. great thank yeah. you that's really kind and i love it when i'm reading a book and then you come across the title yeah uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny, that's always it? a fun a fun moment it's like oh yeah. that's where it's from yeah <laughs> yeah it's as if yeah it's as if you're like in on a in on a secret bit yeah, when you come across so it you're like Oh, yeah. wow. This is so exciting. It's exciting for the reader. I think, um, yeah. and exactly what Jamie said, I think it lends just so well to, to like, you know, to be about anything and anyone, um, mm. which is mysterious, I think, which is good. It has kind of like this, um, yeah, this kind of creepy romantic undertone, doesn't it? And I think that kind of hits the nail on the head, really, for the book. It does, yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. It is like this really strange romance that, you know, isn't average at all. <laughs> so, um yeah. Yeah, um, so yeah, I suggested that to um, Kessia and she really liked it and Scholastic ended up really liking it. So basically the way they, they said it to me was that it's going to come out in the English-speaking world fairly close together. So August in um, the UK and November in, in in the States and they said it would be better if it came out under one title. Um, yeah. And I thought that that's probably true just, be, just for like... <laughs> You know, because it's the it's the whole of the English speaking world, really. It's coming out in Canada as well as part of the um, the US uh, deal. So, yeah, I wanted it all to be under one umbrella. Um, even though the book will probably always be I Henry to me, um, just because <laughs> yeah. that was the you know that was what I first titled it when um, I wrote it in the that original frenzied yeah. two week thing. So, um, yeah, but I I I really like every line of you. Um, yeah, it but, sounds brilliant. I think it's so. really good. It's exciting and um. We like this is really skipping back, but um, <laughs> just something we wanted to ask you as well is mm-hmm. that were you involved in any sort of societies or groups, or did you have any like sort of mentorship apart from your editor in the editing process before you went into this? Obviously, I know that you said you went to um, a course or mm-hmm. a, a uni for like a writing uh, writing course, but w- was there any other mentorship scheme or anything that you helped you? Um, no, I. I didn't have like a specific mentor, but I did go right. to this sort of local college. It was like an evening class. Um, it, it wasn't like a master's degree or anything like that. Um, it was just like, I think it was like £90 for 10 lessons. It was actually a really good deal. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is good. really it was, cheap. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, sign me up. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I went and did that. And I did it for about two years because I just enjoyed it so much. Um, and the guy who led it um, was a chap called Dale Hannah who was an agented writer and he was just a really good teacher and he was, um, yeah, I just learned so much from him. So I don't think I was like a mentor to such, but I just, I I had the, I had the good 
luck of having an amazing tutor when I first started trying to write properly. Um, That's great. Yeah. Did you, did they do critique and things uh, in that class? Did you have a writing group? Yeah. Well? So there was maybe about seven or eight of us. And at the end of the sort of 10 week period, we all brought in something um, to read out and then we all critiqued each other. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it worked out. It worked out quite well. I'm, I suck at reading, though. I, like, that's something I really need to get better at. But, um, it, yeah, I think guessing... you, you read your blurb very well at the beginning of this, <laughs> this episode. <laughs> yeah, Thank exactly. You. In terms of uh, what happens next with your book, mm-hmm. um, are you going to do some, some sort of, like, uh, live readings or, like, streamed uh, readings and interviews or anything? Um, I hope so. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. If anyone will have me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If you know any friends, yeah. Um, well, this is obviously really exciting to be part of this. Um, and I'm hoping to do more uh, online readings. Um, I, if I get the chance to have a physical book launch this year, that would be amazing. But there is yeah. um, the added bonus, the fact that if it's online, you know, you can invite way more people to it than you might have been able yeah, to invite exactly. to that yeah, random yeah. bookshop in the random corner of the country. So, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I guess um if you were to, you know, give yourself any advice when you first started, you know, writing and and mm-hmm. realizing that this was something that you really wanted to continue through all of the rejection, etc. Um, mm-hmm. what would be the most helpful pieces of advice you would give to these would-be writers or people with a, you know, a full script and a story to put out there? Um Advice I'd give to myself is um, be patient <laughs> yeah. um, because I am terrible at that kind of thing. Um, I, as you know, I've told you I wrote my book in two weeks. I edited it in two weeks. You know, patience is not something that comes naturally <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, but so, obviously yeah. it did it went well. So yeah, I mean, maybe well, we should all be uh, writing in two weeks. I, but yeah, I, exactly. I, think, I think, to be fair, though, the publishing game is a long game. You know, it's not a two-week thing. It was March 2019 when I actually got my first offer from Chicken House. Um and you know it's it's I was thinking right well my book will be out by Christmas and I'll be you know in all the bookshops and it'll be great but it's not it's a, it's a long game you know yeah. so I would definitely tell myself to just sit back and be patient and write something else because <laughs> you know you've got a lot of months to kill um yeah. And, yeah. and are you writing something else yes I am I'm writing book two Ooh. which is um very exciting and also scary <laughs> is it the sequel to 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 this one yeah um so I have written a sequel um but I and it was originally my book two was originally going to be a sequel but I approached Cassia with a new idea and she said she liked that so much I should write that instead so brilliant um yes that's gonna come out instead but um I do have a sequel in my back pocket that maybe it depends really because exciting yeah, it, I just hope that this one sells well and then there'll be enough appetite for a sequel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Well, I think I think that that about covers it. Uh, mm-hmm. And we just have yeah. um, we just have one final question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma, would you like to do the honours? Oh, this is exciting. I haven't asked this question before. If you were stranded and could take a sink on a desert island. Oh, wow, I need to do this again. Clearly, I can't ask the question, oh, probably. Oh, my goodness. Here we go, second take. Um, if you were stranded on a desert island and could take a single book with you, what would it be and why? Um, right. 
Flowers for Algernon is actually probably my favourite book, but it's also really sad. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I probably, I probably wouldn't want a sad book on a desert island if I was stranded. You know, you probably want a bit something a bit uplifting. Some, yeah, something inspirational. Mm. Yeah, but I did the last book I really devoured um, was The Binding by Bridget Collins. Oh, um, yeah, okay. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, and that's got like really gorgeous writing, oh, an amazing romance in it, which is um, obviously something I enjoy because that's pretty much what I've written. Um, <laughs> so I'd probably take that with me. Yeah, because I think that kind of writing you can experience again, can't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is it? No, I'm definitely. not familiar with it. Is it? It's a, it's a romance story, a sort of epic love story. Is it? So it's um it's a fantasy book, um, and it's about okay. a, a now guy. You've got my attention. Yeah, it's fantasy. Is really good. <laughs> the very first book I wrote was fantasy, actually, um, but we yes. don't talk about that one. Um, so <laughs> the, um, so it's about this guy who who learns that he can um bind and basically what that means is that he can put people's memories into books and he'll bind their memory in a book and they won't ever remember their memories it's in that book um and they forget about it and he has that he's left with the book um and all the books have people's names on them and one day he comes across a book that's got his name in it um and it's all it's so hooky it's such a good idea that's awesome um and the fact that's amazing it's so good honestly it's so good um and it's all about this um should he read it or not you know and what happens if he does and who it's about you know who who is this person in this book who he's trying to forget about um and I just think because it's so hooky and because it's delivered in such a gorgeous way um that's probably the book I would take on Desert Island oh I love a romance novel and yeah, so you could bind your own memory of reading that book into oh, book. there you go yeah and then you could reread it over and over again <laughs> I think exactly. that was actually um, <laughs> I was looking at the reviews of it on Amazon recently and someone says where can I get bound so I don't I can forget I ever read this book it was <laughs> <laughs> I need to read that um, it's really good. Well, thank it's really you so much, Naomi. You know, congratulations with the book and everything, all the successes that's happened, you know, this year and last. And we can't wait to read it and see, you know, yes. hopefully speak to you later on and speak about a different book as well. So oh, that's great. Thank you so much, thank Naomi. You. I really appreciate it. Thank you ever so much. To keep up with everything that Naomi is doing, you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Naomi G Writes. To make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, follow us on Instagram at Right and Wrong Podcast or on Twitter at Right and Wrong UK. Thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.